0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, Vol Nation. Welcome to another episode of Believe in Tennessee Football. I am your host as always, Kyler Curveson, and what an exciting time it is to be a Tennessee fan. We now have Danny White as our AD and everything is looking up. I'm talking about him and some of the coaches we're looking into and who is the one I really want. So, let's get into the show. All right, so before we get into the episode, got to shout out one of our sponsors, Bet Online. The Super Bowl is right around the corner. If you're looking for a place to bet on any of the sports going on, betonline.ag is the best and only place to lock it in. They already have stuff up for the Super Bowl coming in two weeks. Got a bunch of different bets on NBA games, uh, college basketball, men's and women's. Uh, so, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props. BetOnline gives you more options to wager than any place online. And there's always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to BetOnline.ag today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's BetOnline.ag and sign up today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So what a roller coaster of a week. Talk about some ups and downs that have happened. Starting Monday, losing Pruitt, losing Fulmer, and I honestly was not prepared. It was so apparent that it was going to happen. This is you know, the way it was going to go, and I still felt so unprepared when it did. I, I, I was so down. I've never been lower. Uh, it then leads into a Wednesday where... Five or six guys enter the transfer portal. Henry Toto, you know Eric Gray, a lot of guys just leaving. Uh, the top six, the number six Vols basketball team loses to of all teams Florida, and then Gino passes Pat Summit for most wins in basketball. Oh my gosh. What a low point for Tennessee and the entire athletic program. I was depressed. I will say that. I was definitely depressed. I was at my lowest. And then here he comes. My white knight. Danny. The white knight. To the rescue, baby. Oh, what a... What a grab. What a hire. This guy is made to be an athletic director. Literally, like he was formed in a lab to be an athletic director. He's done so well everywhere he's been. When people say, hey, go get someone with, with experience. Go grab someone who's been there before, who's done it. He is literally it. And he's only 39. I love that. I love that he's so young. He's not an old fart like some of these other ADs we've had. He's a young, up-and-coming guy with a lot of energy, a lot of passion. He's not connected to anybody at Tennessee, which is the greatest part, too. He's not going to be swayed by certain boosters, uh, you know, lean a certain way because someone's whispering in his ear. It's amazing. I absolutely love it. I mean, I went and looked at what he has done at Buffalo and UCF, let me go over his choices of coaches and how they've done, their records so far. So at Buffalo, he chooses a new women's basketball coach. Her record so far is at 62%. She's been there for four years. At Buffalo, he chooses a men's basketball hire. His record is now 67%. He goes... To UCF, listen to all of these different coaches he hires. This softball coach, who had to replace a legend of a softball coach they had who'd been there for 15 plus years, her record's 61%. He replaces a baseball coach, 65%. And they went to the first conference, they had the first conference season championship in 13 years. Women's basketball gets to the tourney in the first time in 10 years, his hire, and they're a 70% win percentage. Men's basketball made tourney in the first time in 15 years 63% win percentage and the furthest they've ever gotten before in their basketball to the second round of the tourney. And then football. Two different coaches with a total win percentage of 78%. Insane. Even if you include the 0-12 season that UCF had, when he first got there and that wasn't his hire, they still went 47-27 and overall, which is insane. This guy is a winner. Everywhere he goes. He picks the right person. It does not matter. And I love that. I love that about him. <laughs> That's exactly what you want in an athletic director. And boy, his press conference, he killed it. Absolutely killed it. The fact that he wants to talk to the team first, wants to get a feel for you know, what they think, it's, it's so comforting as a former player. And honestly, they didn't care before. They didn't talk to us. It wasn't about us. It was about that relationship with the head coach. Now he's coming directly to the players. It's amazing. I I, I can't say enough great things about him. Home run hire. Hopefully he can pick the perfect coach for us. With that being said, I want to go over a few of the coaches' names that are, you know, out there. (laughs) And I'm sure Vol Twitter is going to figure out before anyone else who it actually is. They're actually tracking planes that they're on, which is insane. I mean, Vol Twitter needs to be a part of the CIA, part of the FBI, part of the Secret Service. They can find anybody. (laughs) <laughs> they can find anybody. But let's go through the list of names that have been popping up recently. All right, we got another sponsor here. So with the new year comes tons of new big games and sports. With big games, you need big stakes. Kansas City Stakes has the cuts you crave to celebrate the playoffs and the big game. So visit kansascitystakes.com slash day. And save up to $25 on combos perfect for game day. Plus, get free shipping with code BELIEVE. That's B L E A V at checkout. Try out the Snack Pack Combo featuring small plates with big flavor, mini beef Wellington steak burger sliders, mac and cheese melts, shrimp wrapped in bacon. Every order is flash frozen, delivered directly to your home, satisfaction guaranteed, or your money back. Basically, every cut of steak imaginable, plus appetizers, desserts, barbecue, and so much more. Again, go to KansasCitySteaks.com slash Gameday and use the code BELIEV, BLEAV at checkout for free shipping. Kansas City Steaks. Big games, big taste. And we'll start with the big ones first. So, Hugh Freeze. Now, the two biggest things that danny white said that he was looking for in a coach at his press conference were character and integrity now old hugh freeze quoting the bible why you go down to old miss and get you some hookers the hypocrisy that is happening this guy <laughs> you want to find someone without character without integrity is someone who preaches to you how our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is here for you, but goes and gets hookers for himself and his players. That's not someone you want running anything for you, running any kind of organization. Doesn't need to be a coach of a team, it, literally anything, as a low character individual. Then, you got Lane Kiffin. Oh, Kiffin. How shiny of a toy he is. He's the bad boy of SEC football, of the coaching realm. This guy at the Raiders was said to have lied to the organization, to the owners, and weaseled his way into the job literally what they said when they fired him. He comes to Tennessee, coaches for one year, uses us as a launching board to get his dream job at USC, where he fails. Horribly. People don't want to touch him. He goes to the ultimate uh, redemption school there's ever been. In Nick Saban's Alabama, Nick Saban has gotten more second-time chances for coaches than anyone in the history of football. He has a good offensive scheme with the best talent in the nation. He goes to some lower-tier schools, does okay, and is willing to leave another school after one year, just like he did to us, to come here what are we going to be the mistress that our man cheated on his wife to get us and we think he's not going to cheat on us are you kidding me are you kidding me talk about low character and integrity i mean him and he are, are top of the list top of the list you, you know you say there you know there's not recruiting violations necessarily with with Lane I know I mean I'm sure he did just like everyone else but there's also you know DUIs crashing his cars rumors of him you know hooking up with girls while he's married there's that kind of stuff but all everyone cares about is wins All everyone cares about is wins. But not Danny White, not the White Knight, baby. He cares about character and integrity, and those two don't have it. So let's go to the former head coaches everyone's talking about Tom Herman and Gus Malzahn. So we start with Tom. Good up and coming coach, gets the Texas job, the other UT a place that is seen as glory days are in the past it was such a high prestige of a school and it has fallen short in recent years it is down the dumps it keeps losing to its big time rival oklahoma they need something to spark something to get them going so they hire tom herman think he's going to do a job good job and he, he falls short he doesn't take advantage of the potential, the amount of big-time recruits that are in his backyard. He can't take advantage of that. He falls short, and they fire him. So, rebuilding a program to its former glory is probably not what he's good at. Why in the heck would we want him as our coach? He literally failed Trying to do what we would need him to do. And we want him as our coach? That seems very idiotic. Very idiotic indeed. I don't want him. I don't want him here. He failed before. Doing exactly what we would need a coach to do. So get him out. I'm done talking about him. And you got Gus Malzahn. Who has all the momentum in the world as he takes over the job. They had just won a national championship, and they're beating Alabama over and over. So when you get to the recruiting, you can say, hey, we're the team that beats Alabama. We're the team that can take down the big dog, so come to Auburn. Recruits are going to love that. Guys in Alabama and in the southeast are going to love that. You recruit. You get these good, these top-tier guys, and you fall short. Now, I'm not saying he's a bad coach, but he should have been better. You're expected to be better. It's like the 2016 season with Butch Jones. We went 5-0. and We were supposed to win the SEC Championship, the SEC East. We are supposed to get to 10 games, 11 games, winning. And we don't. We fall short. And that's one of the reasons why he was fired. Because there was expectation for him to excel, to to go further, and he falls short. Now, Gus Malzon does the same thing, and we're talking about hiring him? Get out of here. Get out of here. I don't want to see him here. I don't want to see a coach who didn't succeed so if someone gets fired, it is not a good sign. That's why previ- well, that's why, when you go to an interview, the employer asks, oh, well, wh- what happened at this job? Why-, why aren't you working there anymore? If you were to say, I got fired, they aren't going to hire you. I got fired for underperforming and not taking full advantage of the potential I had. What? Huh? Get out of my office, bud. I don't want you here. I don't care about your name. I don't care about the recruiting class you brought in. You got fired for not doing your job. See you later, alligator. And then we've got the other newer coaches on the block. And of these two, only one. I feel like is a good fit. You got PJ Fleck and Tony Elliott. The problem with PJ Fleck, and and I do like him to some extent, and it's probably because I was with Butch Jones. I mean, talk about a Butch Jones carbon copy. Western Michigan wins a lot, goes to the next school, wins a good amount, got his catchy You know, phrases, row the boat, and all that kind of stuff. It's very reminiscent of Brick by Brick, and Five Star Hearts, and Champions of Life. So, if you want another Butch Jones, then P.J. Fleck is the perfect person. Not to say everything that Butch Jones did was bad... Like I talked with Juwan James a couple of weeks ago, there were certain things that needed to change inside the program when he got there. And he did that. He made a good f- amount of us players play better because he reminded us what hard work was. And so did our strength coach and Coach Lawson. But, I mean, the catchphrases, the, the, the little rah-rahs, the, yeah, there's only so much you can do, but... If you lose and you're doing that, oh, man, talk about crucifying you. That's what they did to Butch. As soon as he starts losing and then he comes up with these, I mean, let's say, dumb phrases, people turned on him real quick. And it wasn't like he was necessarily wrong in the point he was trying to get across. Five-star hearts, meaning... I want someone who believes that they're the best player out there, who works their butt off so they can help their team win, so they can excel who they are as a player, and they don't think about just themselves. That's what he means by five-star hearts. He would rather have a three-star who works his butt off, who goes past expectations, under-promise, over-deliver, then a five-star, over-promising, under-delivering, coming in, thinking he's a hot shot, not having to work for anything, he's always been the best at whatever he's done, and he falls short. I believe the exact same thing. I was a three-star, but I worked my butt off to get to where I could. I pushed my athletic ability to the highest point that I could, because I'm not that athletic. But I pushed it to the highest point so that I could be a starting left tackle in the SEC and help my team get to nine wins my senior year. There's five stars that don't even try to push to that point. And that's what he was saying. Champions of life. He's trying to say winning and losing is important. Yes. But I also want these guys to win in the classroom. I also want them to be good people. I want them to be good husbands in the future and fathers. I want them to understand the difference between right and wrong. I want them to have a good moral compass. I want all of those things for them. But when you put it into little catchphrases, it doesn't sound good, man. Just be eloquent with what you're saying. Explain yourself fully and people aren't going to turn on you like they did. P.J. Fleck is in that realm. He likes the catchphrases, man. And that only gets you so far. It only gets you so far. Now, Tony Elliott, on the other hand, I'm interested. I am interested. Buddy's been there at Clemson as offensive coordinator since 2015. His team's have scored 40-plus points, averaging 40 points a game over that five-year time period. He did have Trevor Lawrence, I will say that, so it gives him a little up, but I mean, if you watch this semifinal game, Clemson versus Ohio State, and thought, this Clemson offense doesn't look the same, it looks ho-hum, they don't look like they know what they're doing out there, even with Trevor Lawrence, he threw for 400 yards, but it still looked, eh, it's because he wasn't there, Tony Elliott didn't make the game, he had covid They had the quarterback coach call the plays. He made a difference. He made a difference in a semifinal game. That's a huge, huge thing. They could have got to the national championship if he's there. So how important is he? That shows his importance, which means he, he might be a good candidate for us. Honestly. I'd have to do more research into him. I like him as a guy. I think being a part of the number one offense for five years in a row is good. He doesn't have coaching experience, but... Head coaching experience, I should say. But Tom Herman and Gus Malzahn, who do, failed at what they were supposed to be doing. So, I don't know if you really want that. If it's between Tony Elliott and those two, I'd rather have Tony Elliott. Honestly, I really would. I mean... This head coaching experience, but I need more examples of coaches who failed previously at a school were fired and came back to another school and succeeded highly. Succeeded highly, okay? Not kind of okay, won eight games, maybe nine, and then eventually was fired. No, 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 that doesn't count. I'm saying gets to an SEC championship, gets to a national championship, wins a bunch of bowl games in a row. I I need numbers here. You know what I'm saying? Because that's where we want to be. We don't want to be ho-hum. We don't want to be winning seven games every year. But one coach that I really, really want on the staff, and not necessarily as a head coach, I think it would be better if he was a defensive coordinator, is Gerard Mayo. I love that. If we're going to hire former Vols, VFLs, to come on, Gerard Mayo is the most qualified one out there. He's the best one available. The only problem is he's getting head coaching interviews in the NFL. So I don't think he would go for anything less than a head coach at UT which kind of stinks because I don't think he's ready for being a head coach. He's only been a position coach for two years. But as a D.C., I really like it. I really, really like it. I mean, at UT, he went 34-17. and He went to two SEC championships. He was 2007. He was All-SEC and second team All-American. In 2008, Got drafted, New England Patriots, first rounder. He was 2008 Defensive Rookie of the Year. He's been an All Pro. He's been a two time Pro Bowler. He's a 75% win percentage as a New England Patriot with a 96 and 32 record. He's a Super Bowl champion. In the two years he was coaching, he had Dante Hightower as a Pro Bowler his first year, and they were the number one defense. In the NFL. He then loses. Dante Hightower. Kyle Vanoy Jamie Collins. Landon Roberts. All at linebacker. He is a linebacker position coach. He loses four starters. And they are still. A top 10 defense. Ranked number 7 this year. In defense. Bro. Talk about. A baller. That guy coached his butt off. He just had to pull in guys out of nowhere, guys who didn't even play last year for him, and they still perform that well. He is the ultimate Belichick prodigy, where he played for him for eight, nine years, coaches for him for two years, then can jump into an even better role. Everyone's going after the Nick Saban prodigies, and everyone from the Nick Saban tree. How about the Belichick tree, baby? Let's go grab a couple of them, especially on defense. That's Belichick's bread and butter. Talk about a guy who learned under the best person he could learn under, the best defensive coach arguably ever, and this guy has learned under him for 10-plus years, playing and coaching. I mean, that's an incredible resume. I love that. I want him as our DC. I just don't think it'll happen, which sucks. Because all he, wa- he wants that head coaching job. You know what I'm saying? But he would be so good as defensive coordinator. Ooh, baby. And talk about guys coming back. You don't think Henry Toe would want to play for Gerard Mayo? You're out of your mind. He would love that. He would come back in a heartbeat. Ah. <sighs> It just stinks, man. All these guys going in the transfer portal. Why? Why? I understand the coach that recruited you here is leaving, but dude, you got an opportunity to play, baby. You go somewhere else, you might not get to. What's your ultimate goal? What is your ultimate goal? It's to get to the NFL. That's what everybody's is. Not a lot of people make it. It's only like 1%. But your ultimate goal is to get to the NFL. How are you going to do that? You got to play. You got to start. You got to play for a big time name in the SEC. You want to know the tape that coaches use the most when you're going into uh, a meeting, when you're going in to watch some film with coaches, either during a workout or a pre draft interview? They're going to use tape against Alabama defense and SEC defense the best team that you had to go against. That's what they're going to use. That's what they did on me. They pulled up Alabama tape. They're not going to pull up freaking Texas Tech tape. Are you kidding me? They're not going to pull up Austin P tape. They're going to pull up Alabama tape. SEC tape. You think they're pulling up Trevor Lawrence versus Georgia Tech when they're having workouts with them and meeting with them? No. They're pulling up his tape versus Ohio State and versus Alabama, and they're saying, what happened here? Why did you make this decision here? Because they asked you that stuff. What's going through your head? So why would you want to transfer to a North Carolina where the best defense you play is Clemson when baby The best defense you can play in the SEC is Alabama. And every NFL coach loves some Alabama. They love it. They think they're the best ever. Which, I mean, they've won seven championships with Nick Saban, so it makes a lot of sense. They love getting guys from Alabama. I mean, how many draft picks, how many first-round draft picks have they had in recent years? Out of this world. You're going against the best competition in the country in the SEC. All that will do is help your draft stock. So don't leave. Don't go to ACC or Big Ten school where you don't even know if you're going to play for the season. Shout out Big Ten. Stay. Stay in the SEC. Stay here. Don't pick a school because of coaches. Please. Biggest school because you love the place. Your coaches will leave. It always happens. Think about the guys at Alabama. Okay? You think Nick Saban recruited every single one of those guys individually. No. They have certain coaches covering certain areas of the whole United States. And those coaches have had to leave. Did all the defensive players transfer When their defensive coordinator, Jeremy Pruitt, got the head coaching job at Tennessee? No. Did he recruit them? Yeah, he did. He recruited them to Alabama. Then he went to Tennessee. Did they leave Alabama? No. Because they chose Alabama for a different reason. They didn't choose it because of Jeremy Pruitt. They chose it because it's a winning culture. It's a winning program. They... Wanted to be in the SEC. They wanted to be at the top of the SEC. They liked the atmosphere there. They thought it was a good place to go. They enjoyed the other recruits in their class. Had nothing to do with coaches. Okay? Just because a coach can talk you up does not mean you should choose his school. That is not the reason to choose a school. I said that was my reason whenever I chose UT, that I connected with the coaches so well. But it was a cop-out. I, I, I grew up in Knoxville. I grew up in East Tennessee. Of course I'm going to choose Tennessee. Are you kidding me? If I would have shown interest in Tennessee, they were my fourth offer. If I would have shown interest in Tennessee right away, I would have gotten four offers. No one else would have talked to me. When I went to an Alabama camp and sat down in Nick Saban's office with my family, the first question he asked me is, why should I recruit you? You're right out of Knoxville. What's to say you're not going to choose Tennessee? He knew. He knows what's going through my head. He knows I'm involved for life. Playing this cat and mouse game, just trying to get a little bit of you know, a little bit of love here and there. A little bit offer here, a little bit of offer there. Scholarship offer. Calm down, people, not cash. And obviously I chose Tennessee because I love it here. I love Knoxville. I love Tennessee as a state. I've always rooted for the Vols. I love the orange and white. I freaking bleed it, baby. I've never been so excited when we got to the SEC Championship in 2007. You know, I was in middle school, maybe. No. freshman year of high school. And I got to go to that game. And it it was amazing. Like, I don't think there was any other choice for me. It was always going to be that. I'm glad I made that decision. I'm glad I went to Tennessee. I'm happy with what I did there. With the progress I made as a player and as a man going through that program. And all these other guys are leaving. You know what? Numbers are low. Morale is high. Numbers are low. Morale is high. We got the white knight. Nobody else steal that, okay? I said it first. You heard it here first. Danny the White Knight. And I'm going to make a meme about it. Guarantee it. <laughs> I appreciate you guys listening. Please rate and subscribe. Share with your friends and family. Let me know how I'm doing. I'd love to get some feedback. I think that's the best way to grow. Love to get some of your questions too. Give my perspective, my opinion on it. Follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Kyler Curbison. You can also text or call me at 865-322-9232. And I can answer some of those questions too. Or just, you know, leave a comment underneath. And let's keep it going, baby. Let's keep this momentum going. The White Knight. As always, go balls!